Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today's episode is brought to you by NetHealth. So NetHealth is talking about something important, patients and their outcomes, specifically how great it is when your whole practice is rallied around a solid outcomes management program. And because of that, they, along with Photo, which is focused on therapeutic outcomes, are hosting the Clinical Outcomes Summit October 23rd through the 25th in Knoxville, Tennessee. Rehab therapy pros from hospitals and private practices are gathering to celebrate, examine, and define outcomes management. And Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast listeners get a steep discount on the registration. The full Summit Pass is only $150. At that rate, go ahead and bring your entire team. Go to www.outcomesnerd.com dot com and use the discount code Litzy. So hopefully we'll see you in Knoxville. Now on to today's episode. I know you could probably tell by the title like what is happening here, but on this episode I welcome Lori Seeley. She's a functional medicine health coach, a lover of young living essential oils and mom to a beautiful little girl and a professional opera singer formerly in the chorus at the Lyric Opera of Chicago. She suffered for years with IBS and all the horrible, embarrassing symptoms that came along with it, including a raging candida yeast overgrowth. With help from her health coach and the School of Applied Functional Medicine, she learned how to kill candida and repair her gut. She is a health detective. Now she teaches people how to kill candida and repair their gut through workshops, group programs, and one-on-one coaching. Many of her clients find surprising side effects such as extra energy, clearer skin, fewer wrinkles, better digestion, less need for medications, lower blood sugar, and clearer thinking. So in this episode, yes, we're talking about your poop, what it means, what it can signal, and what you need to do about it. So in this episode, we discuss the number one question you should be asking your doctor at your next checkup, how you can assess the health of your stool, her simple solutions to improve gut health, and Lori's long journey to overcome candida. So everyone, thanks so much for listening, and hopefully next time you go to the doctor, you will ask them Lori's number one question. Hey, Lori, welcome to the podcast. I am happy to have you on. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, Karen. Of of course, and as we were talking about uh, before we got on the air, The way that we were introduced to each other is through Christine Gallagher, who's a really wonderful business coach, and she was part of my Women in PT Summit uh, in our inaugural summit a couple of years ago, and so I just want to give a quick shout out to Christine for the hookup here. (laughs) Woohoo, Christine! Yeah, she's great. So now, obviously, in your bio, I... Uh, talked about the fact that you're a functional medicine health coach, but I have a feeling a lot of people aren't exactly sure what that is or what that means. So would you mind giving the listeners a little bit of background onto what that is exactly? Okay, so um, I got a certification as a health coach, and then I continued at the School for Applied Functional Medicine. 
um, and they offer another certification. And basically, that's where I learned all my stuff. Um, you learn about just really how to be a health detective because there are so many symptoms of dis-ease that a lot of doctors will label as um, an illness. And I was very interested in this kind, this kind of, well, it's not really medicine, but um, I was very interested in this kind of health detective work because I went through this whole thing myself with IBS and candida and I still had a couple of pieces left to really, really find health for myself. <clears throat> and it was at this school that I finally put in the last couple pieces to make that happen. And so, and in the process, I became a functional medicine health coach. Isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah. And now I help other people that had the same sort of problems that I once had. Yeah, and I feel like oftentimes that's kind of the way life takes us, right? We yeah. kind of have these experiences and we figure them out for, for ourselves and then we try and delve a little bit deeper to widen the net and then help others. So I think it's great when you can kind of make that change. But no question, what were you doing before you were a health coach? Well, I was uh, an opera singer, actually. I was singing full-time in the chorus at the Lyric Opera of Chicago, which was really, really fun. And actually, I just recently quit there. Um, I was doing both at the same time for a mm -hmm. while, which was a really difficult juggle. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like this is just, this is where my heart lies and my passion now. Um, so yeah, I was an opera singer. Oh, that's very uh, I, what a, what a career what a career switch. I yeah, love, it's I very love, different. Yeah, I love talking to people who have had different careers in within their life because I always think like it gives people hope, you know. So if you're not doing exactly what you love right now, that there's hope. You may find that thing that kind of like you said gives you your passion. Right. Right. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. So now let's talk, let's, let's talk about the health coaching aspect of things. So let's say I'm one of your clients. I come to you and I've already been to my doctor or maybe I'm going to see my doctor. So what are some important questions that maybe doctors should be asking us? That they're not maybe? That, yeah, that yeah. Maybe they're not delving into as much. So I think think that the number one most important question a doctor can ask you is what does your poop look like? And specifically that, what does it look like? And how often do you poop? Because that is your body's way of telling you when there's something wrong. I learned at functional medicine school that most dis-ease begins in the gut. We don't say all because we just want to, you know, 99.9% .9 of disease begins in the gut, I would say, right? Um, and that's your first indication. That's your body telling you, hey, there's something wrong, you know? And so we need to be educated on our part what poop should look like, right? And I feel like this should be like on the commercials on TV instead of like, you know, what pharmaceutical drug can help you 
with your IBS. <laughs> they should be yeah. telling us what our poop should look like so it doesn't have to go all the way to IBS. We can see right at the beginning, you know what, I'm pooping little marbles. Like that's, that was my problem mm -hmm. for most of my life, little marbles with occasional bouts of diarrhea. And I went for close to 40 years not knowing that there was anything wrong. If one doctor had asked me what my poop looked like when I was, say, 12 years old, and I was old enough to kind of tell him, well, about nine times a day I'm pooping little balls, he'd be like, wow, there's something wrong with you. We need to figure out what it is. Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like there's so many people who are in the same boat. You know, It never would have gotten to candida for me. I had a yeast infection for a year every single day. And if somebody had asked me at 12 years old, what does my poop look like? I just, I feel like it never would have gotten that, that bad. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's so many other people in this world who are in the same boat, you know, and who are maybe at some sort of state of disease that really could have been kind of nipped in the bud years and years ago when it was much less. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so if we're, so we're going there, right? We're going to talk about yeah. poop right now. Um, <laughs> we're in it. We're doing it. If you have so, a conversation with me long enough, it'll eventually go there. Yes. So this, <laughs> this is it. Now, obviously a very good question that your doctor should be asking. But now if people listening to this next time they go to their doctor, they can bring this up, correct? Yeah. Absolutely. And you want to be very clear because even doctors can mess up with this. You know, there was one chiropractor that I was at who asked, um, we sort of, we get treated in the same room, a bunch of us. And there was another client there getting treated at the same time. And she was making comments that kind of made the chiropractor and me kind of go to, sounds like you're constipated, but we didn't say that. Mm -hmm. And he said, he asked her, how's your digestion? And she was like, oh, it's fine. And then he left the room and I said, what does your poop look like? How many times do you poop a day? And she said, oh, I'm pooping one. I'm pooping like once every 10 days. Oh my God. Yeah. So I was like, wow. Like I didn't want to alarm her, but I sort of explained, you know, that it shouldn't be that way. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's the thing. When you talk to your doctor, like get gross, get like in it, tell them what it, what it looks like, what it feels like, the texture, the smell, how long it takes to pass because they need to know all of those things. Okay. So let's talk about what it should look like. Yes. So there is a chart called the Bristol stool chart, the mm -hmm. Bristol stool chart. So right. can you tell us what it is and what it should look like? So on the chart, it goes from number one to number seven. So number one is constipation and that's the tiny little balls. Mm -hmm. Number seven is diarrhea. That's watery stools. Mm -hmm. And number four is nirvana poo. <laughs> it's like exactly what it's supposed to be like. It's like soft serve ice cream texture. Um, and it's not going to smell very much. It's going to be light brown in texture, easy to pass. We're talking one or two minutes and it's all gone, all mm -hmm. out. And it leaves almost nothing to wipe. Mm. So that's the, the good stuff. And then they have, you know, the different levels in between one, four, and seven also. So you can, you can Google that. There's like great illustrations online. And so obviously if you're at a one or a seven, we're, we pretty much know something's up, right? Yeah. 
So four is perfect. What if you're a three or a five? I mean, are these things to be worried about? I honestly, I don't think so. If you're at a three or a five, it's probably not your norm. If that makes sense. Like you want to look at where, where is it usually, right? What is, what is your pattern? Mm -hmm. If you have, um, like if you have a couple days with a little bit of stress and suddenly you're pooping tiny little balls, but then you get back to a number four after that, you're good. It was the stress. You got over it, right? Do a little yoga, some deep breathing. (laughs) You'll be fine. Um, the same thing happens with diarrhea. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people get stress diarrhea. So if that's a temporary thing and it's due to stress, that's temporary then you're fine. If it's happening all the time, then you need to know that, yeah, it's a problem and you need to do some detective work there. And that's time to do, um, to do a stool test or to do any number of blood tests for parasites and stuff like that. So that's time when you want to, you want to find out what's causing it. A lot of times like, okay, so I went to my gastroenterologist. I said, I have IBS. I'm constipated all the time. Sometimes I have diarrhea. I told her the whole story and she said, we don't know what causes IBS. So that's another indication that you need a new doctor. So that's what I did. I got a new doctor (laughs) because there are so many things that cause IBS and that's time to just find yourself a health detective and figure it out. There's a great test from the Meridian Valley Lab called a comprehensive stool analysis and parasitology times three. So that will tell you all of the expected beneficial flora that you want in there. It'll it'll uh, measure imbalanced flora, any flora that's um, dysbiotic or like out of crazy out of balance. Mm -hmm. So you know exactly really what's supposed to be there. It's also going to measure how much yeast you have in there because everybody pretty much has yeast in their digestive tract. It's just Mm -hmm. when it gets overgrown that it's bad. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it also measures like mucus and, um, and then it checks for parasites and it's a three day test. So if you're doing, if you find a doctor, they give you a stool test and it's just from one bowel movement that's not a good enough test. If it finds something cool, then you got lucky. But it's good to test over the period of at least three days. There are some stool tests that go up to six days. Mm -hmm. So the reason for that is that the, um, the bacteria and the parasites and the candida, it all travels in groups, like in clumps. They like to stick together like a school of fish right? And from one bowel movement, you could, you could be full of parasites. And in one bowel movement, you pass a whole bunch that doesn't have any parasites in it because they were hanging out somewhere else in your colon. So that's why you want to test over three days. So then you have a pretty good chance that if if there's any parasites in there, you've found them. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And now Let's say you do this test and something is positive. Yeah. Where, where, do you, where do you go from there? Well, there is, uh, there's a lot of things you can do about that. Um, it depends on your doctor. You, he might give you, they might give you a pharmaceutical anti-parasitic drug 
to take, which um, can be effective. And there's a possibility that it's not effective as well. You always want to retest. What I do with my clients is I use a product from Young Living Essential Oils. It's the best thing that I've found so far, the most effective. And it's called Para-Free. And it's full of various essential oils and also um, other ingredients that are known to support intestinal health. I can't say uh, that they're known to kill things because it hasn't been approved by the FDA, mm-hmm. but I've seen in my practice and in my own body and in my mother's body that it clears up parasites. So let's say you do this comprehensive stool analysis mm-hmm. and you find something, it's treated either by your physician with a pharmaceutical or through the essential oils. But I guess it's probably important to note that with the essential oils that, like you said, they're not FDA approved and they're not studied or tested, correct? It's just more right, like anecdotal, right. anecdotal mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. yeah, there are many yeah. case studies. And actually, it seems like from the case studies that the paraphrase is actually more useful. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would probably be behoove someone to do um, a some more research, re- to do some research on that because yes. it's, it's hard to, uh, I think, get buy-in from a lot of people when something isn't well-researched. That's the word. I was going to say tested, but research is probably better, um, a probably better way to... Uh, to put that. Um, yeah. So, you know, hopefully and, someone will, will do that to, to um, help people make a better decision. Right. Well, here's the thing. The reason why they're not FDA approved is not because the FDA looked into it and disapproved them. Mm-hmm. It's because the FDA doesn't want to waste their time on something that can't be patented mm. because they're natural ingredients in there. They're not, it's not, um, synthetic versions of natural ingredients. It's the actual natural ingredient. Mm -hmm. And so those things can't be patented and they can't, you know, companies can't make money off of that. And so the FDA doesn't want to use their funding on that. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully someone can do like a nice comparative study between that and a pharmaceutical and, and see what works and what doesn't. I think that would be. Yeah. I think part of the problem. Yeah. I think part the issue is that pharmaceuticals are usually aimed at just one thing. And um, the paraphrase has been useful in treating a wide range of parasites. It's like throwing a huge blanket on it and you kill them all. Right, you know? right, so, right. Yeah, but you're right. You're right. It would be nice if, if it were more, um, more widely publicized. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 I I agree. All right. Now let's say we talked about this a little bit. Let's say you're on the one of the uh, Bristol stool chart, which means that you're constipated and you're, which I mean, everyone at some point in their life has been, and we know it's not comfortable. So how can we relieve this? On that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Lori's answer. Let's talk about something important patients and their outcomes. If you love to nerd out on this kind of talk like I do, the best industry event around outcomes management is happening from October 23rd to the 25th, and it's the Clinical Outcomes Summit. 
It's hosted by Photo, but it's not just for photo clients. It's a gathering of everyone who believes in the power of outcomes management to drive change for patients, clinicians, practices, and payers. And the best part, healthy, wealthy, and smart podcast listeners get a steep discount on the registration. The full summit pass is only $150. At that rate, go ahead and bring your entire team. Go to www.outcomesnerd.com and use the discount code LITZY. That's L-I-T-Z-Y. Hope to see you there. So there's a couple different ways. It depends what's causing it. So before doing a stool test, I would try what I'm going to tell you now. Um, I would first look at how much water are you drinking every day. Mm -hmm. So the rule of thumb for how much water you should be drinking is you see how many pounds you weigh. Divide that by two, and that's how many ounces of water you should be drinking every day. So if you weigh 140, you should be drinking at least 70 ounces of water per day. Right Now, there's a lot of people who are already doing that, but there are also a lot of people for whom that would be quite a bit of water. Mm-hmm. That's really what we need to be doing because um, the number one on the Bristol stool chart is an indication that your stool is dehydrated. And your stool may be dehydrated because just because you're not drinking enough water. It's possible that the muscles along your colon are functioning absolutely properly and that you're just moving along slowly because there's not enough water in your Mm -hmm. stool. So that's the simplest fix, right? And then also if that, if you do that and you find that it doesn't fix it or it improves it, but now you're, back where you were and you're still drinking more water. Um, Another thing to do is consider that maybe you don't have enough magnesium intake. Mm -hmm. So a lot of us don't have enough magnesium just because we're not getting it anymore from the fruits and vegetables because of modern day farming practices. It's not in the soil. So if it's not in the soil, it can't be in the vegetables. And that's where we're supposed to be getting our magnesium from. Mm -hmm. So we use supplements. So there's um, the form of magnesium that helps to stimulate the bowels is called magnesium citrate. And um, so you just see, you try taking some magnesium citrate and there's a very easy way to figure out how much of that you need. You want to get the powdered version because it's easier to lower or raise your intake, right? Mm-hmm. Than like by taking a capsule. Um, and so you start with half a teaspoon of magnesium citrate and if and you do that for about three days because it takes a while for it to build up in our bodies and if after about three days you're not moving along the way you want to be then you raise it by another half teaspoon and you just keep doing that um, in three-day intervals like that until um, until you're where you want to be and it's possible that you might go a little too far and have diarrhea and then you know for sure that half a teaspoon less than that is what you need so it's a little bit of trial and error there but I of get course. it okay yeah, that's I mean that if you're trying to do things naturally that's how it is mm-hmm. yeah for mm-hmm. sure okay so we've got lack of water lack of magnesium anything else that can contribute Well, we always say we should have more fiber, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that could be part of it as well. So you want to make sure that you're eating enough vegetables. I never recommend a person to get their fiber from things like shredded wheat or bread or things like that. But that's what we see in the media, right? Mm -hmm. We see like, oh, have your high fiber bread and that's going to help you. Well, 
wheat actually can irritate the colon, whether you have a sensitivity to it or not, because of the way that it's being produced nowadays, it's a very common irritant. And so that could be, I mean, maybe you're eating bread and that's your problem, right? So if you're, if you feel like maybe it's a fiber issue, then the way to get fibers through vegetables, and I'm talking about like spinach, kale, leafy greens. Yeah. So that's, that makes sense. So you want to start having more water, kind of eating a little bit healthier. Yeah. Yeah. And things may even out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, great. Is there anything else with constipation that we didn't go over about kind of how to relieve it or what might be causing it? Well, those are the, those are the places that I would start. Cool. And, um, and if you don't make any headway there, then you got to find yourself a health detective, I think. All right, sounds good. Now, you made mention of this earlier, but, and I know it's part of your, your history and kind of why you became a health coach, but talk a little bit about Candida and, and what it was like for you for 10 plus years. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my whole life, this whole thing with my, um, with my digestion just kept getting worse. I didn't even know that I had a problem. I was unaware of it. That's why I'm here, like educating people about it, bringing it into the light, right? Um, and eventually I started having like three to six or more yeast infections every single year, which I also didn't know, but that's considered frequent for yeast infections. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually, this is a little while after I had my daughter, um, my immune system just tanked and so did my thyroid. And I had a yeast infection for every day for an entire year. Yeah. I remember spending a week at Disney with an itch that I couldn't scratch. <laughs> it was just horrible. Mm-hmm. So that's when I finally, I took the plunge. I was, and I was, I was Googling the whole time. Like there's probably a good 10 years that I was like, why am I getting so many yeast infections? And I would Google okay. that and it would come up as a candida, you know, a systemic candida infection. I was like, no, no, no. It couldn't be that because then I, of course, Googled the remedy for that and it just seemed like so hard <laughs> and such a, such a problem to go through that I was like, no, it's got to be something else. It can't be that. Mm-hmm. So when I finally admitted it, I mean, that was the first day of the rest of my life, you know, and, uh, and I started the, my journey to health. So aside from having the recurrent and constant yeast infections, was there anything else that, that you noticed that maybe you ignored? And Yes. Yes. Looking back, I started to have, when I wasn't constipated, I was having far more urgent diarrhea, mm. um, which actually led to like public accidents. Mm. Very, very embarrassing. And um, I was getting, I got some allergies that I I had always had some allergies, but it was just so bad that I was seeing mm-hmm. an allergist and I was using Flonase and other steroid nasal sprays. And of course that was just making my problem worse because steroids actually kill gut bacteria. And that was the root of my problem. So, um, and then after the allergies, then more yeast infections, that was, Gosh. I think the, the allergies and the more frequent 
diarrhea that I just, I didn't put it together. I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, that always seems to be the way. Cause especially when you're in it, it's kind of like hard to connect all those dots, right? Yes. Yes. Because you're just trying to take care of the symptoms. Mm-hmm. I was constantly putting band-aids on symptoms, not realizing okay. that they had a common cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, uh, sinus infections also. Yeast actually kind of likes to live in the warm, wet areas. And right. so sinuses are a really good place for them to take up shop. And I had that too, <laughs> that problem too. Gosh, what a, what a way to go through life. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's so many people who are really experiencing this all the time still and also haven't put the connected the dots, you know? Well, you know, hopefully you can raise a little bit more awareness from, uh, for people and have them be a little more aware of how they poop Yes, (laughs) and what it looks like and the consistency and the smell and all that stuff (laughs) so that hopefully we can because, you know, what you put in your body has got to come out, right? Yeah. Yep. And so um, I think it's important that we pay attention to what our body is doing because, like you said, it's it, our bodies are pretty good at telling us when things are wrong. Yes. And when things are out of homeostasis. And if checking your poop, that seems pretty easy to me. Yeah. Um, so then you could say, hmm, this doesn't seem right. Maybe I should call my doctor about this. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. We just have to pay attention. Yes. We have to pay attention. I have one last question for you. And it's a question that I ask everyone. And that's knowing where you are now in your life, in your career, what advice would you give to yourself? Let's say right out of school, or maybe in your case, when you first started um, getting into the opera world. Advice that I wish I'd had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just exactly. Keep, just keep trying. Get used to hearing no. <laughs> and um, because in the opera world, we deal with a lot of rejection. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of auditions, and you might get out of I don't know twenty auditions, you might get one job. So I I really would have liked to sort of hear that to know that it was normal. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, have, to have all these auditions and just get one job, you know? Yeah. And, um, but I have a very stick sort of nature to me. And I, I just, I rolled with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But gosh, I'm sure so many people have been in your boat many times over and would have loved to have had that advice. Mm-hmm. And now you have, which I'm very grateful for, uh, something for the listeners. So what is it? What do you have freebie for people? So I have a seven-step program that I use with my clients to help them get over candida and repair their gut. And I have a blog post on my website that goes through those seven steps. And it also has a very handy downloadable checklist that you can use as you're going through the program. So, and it also has a very nice um, a list of anti-candida foods, foods that are allowed and not allowed on the anti-candida diet that is very handy to print out and just hang in your kitchen so that you can check it every once in a while and see what kind of recipes you want to 
make for yourself because when you're doing the anti-candida diet, it can be very difficult and very depressing to try and figure out what there is that you can eat without right. feeding your candida. Right, right. Yeah, so for anybody who sort of was thinking, oh, that might be me, I don't know, you can go to my website and check out that post. And there's so many other posts on there about IBS and candida and food sensitivities and all that stuff. You can go through, go down quite a wormhole on my website. <laughs> Perfect. And we'll have, just so people know, we'll have the link to that seven steps, steps, seven <laughs> steps to kill candida checklist. We will have the link to that in the show notes over at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. So you can one click and it'll take you there. And where can people find you? I am at lauriseely.com and I'm also on Facebook um, at Lori Seely Functional Medicine Health Coach. And I also have a group on Facebook called Candida IBS and Heavy Metals Education Group. Awesome. And again, we'll have all the links to that. So if you have questions, you want to get in touch with Lori, um, you can pop over to her website. If you weren't writing all this down, you can go to the podcast website, click onto it, and it'll take you right there. Um, so Lori, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about poop, which is a first for me in the podcast. So, oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad I could yes. provide that for you. It was a first, and hopefully people, uh, I, no pun intended, got a lot out of this. Um, <laughs> I hope so. So, Lori, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It was a joy. And everyone else, thanks so much for listening. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. And a big thank you to Lori for a great discussion. And, of course, thanks to our sponsor, NetHealth. So, NetHealth is teaming up with Photo, which is focused on therapeutic outcomes, but it's not just for photo clients. It is a conference October 23rd to the 25th in Knoxville, Tennessee, called the Clinical Outcomes Summit. It's a gathering of everyone who believes in the power of outcomes management to drive change for patients, clinicians, practices, and payers. So you're going to hear from rehab therapy pros from hospitals and private practices, success stories, case studies from your peers about leveraging outcomes for deep patient engagement, thoughtful business practices, clinician education, optimizing revenue, and more. Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast listeners get a steep discount. The full summit pass is only $150. So go to outcomesnerd.com and use the discount code LITZY. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.